Welcome to Career Chat, where we discuss career stories to help find a path for you. I'm your host, Andrea LeBaron, and it's my goal to help you find meaningful work. When Scotty Rigby got a receptionist job at a health imaging center, she never thought it would lead to a long-term career. But after watching the work and considering her options, she saw the advantages of becoming an ultrasonographer. In this episode, Scotty tells us about her career path and the soft skills she combines with technical expertise every day. Scotty also shares the one type of patient that always makes her emotional. Join me. Welcome, Scotty. I am so happy to have you on the podcast, and I really appreciate you taking time away from your busy schedule. Oh, thanks. thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So to get us started, could you introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, my name is Scotty Rigby, um, and I grew up in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, and I married my high school sweetheart, and we have three boys. And we now live in Mill Creek. And um, yeah, so that's a little Perfect. bit Perfect. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Well, I have known you, Scotty, for, oh gosh, going on about five years almost. Yeah. And yeah. one of the first things that um, really stuck out to me was that you, you mentioned that you are an ultrasound tech, I guess. I don't know if that's the correct title. Yeah. I want you to tell us what your job title is, but I, ever since then, I've been really interested in that. So tell us your job title and then could you give us a description of what you do? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess like the technical term is I'm an ultrasonographer. Um, but often people just know us as ultrasound techs or technologists. Um, and there's different areas of ultrasound that you can go into. I, personally do like general ultrasounds, um, and some limited vascular and OBGYN. So I kind of get like a good range of things that I do every day. So Nice. Do you like that variation? Yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, lots of people think it's just OB ultrasounds or for babies. Ultrasounds the only, you know, ultrasound only does babies or pregnant right. women. Um, but we honestly can ultrasound any soft tissue um, or um, organs or anything like that so that's it that was exactly one of the things I was going to ask because I think when people hear ultrasound they immediately jump to pregnancy yeah but um, there it's really used for many different things yeah and it's nice to like go to work and not do the same thing every single day or every single patient you know it, it makes it So it's not like monotonous, you know? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So that's uh, personally for me, that's what I like. I know some, lots of coworkers just like OBs or um, different things, but for me, I like the, the variety. So was this something that you had always wanted to do? How did you decide that you would make this a career? So, um, I worked for my family, a family business and they were like really struggling. Um, so like paychecks were kind of like intermittent and not always very consistent. So, um, I was started looking for jobs. I, I kind of wanted to just be like a receptionist in the medical field. Um, and I found a job in park city at an imaging center. Um, and so I didn't even really know anything about 
imaging or radiology or anything like that. Um, so I was a receptionist up there for, gosh, I think like two years. Um, and then the ultrasound tech there really got me interested um, because she was like, oh, it's a great job. You can work kind of as much or as little as you want. And it, it's good pay. Um, so I felt like it would be a good career being a mom of little kids, um, yeah. you know, to work less days. Cause I knew I'd have to work. Um, yeah. cause I held the insurance and a lot of times that's like a big thing. So, um, I wanted to work less, but still be able to get insurance, um, and make more, you know, make the same amount as I, would if I was working five days a week. So definitely. Yeah. That's what it led drew you me to, that. to it. Yeah. Nice. Now, did you get the receptionist position as you were in college or contemplating college or? No. So I actually had finished my associate's degree um, just in general studies. Yeah. And I I thought that that was going to be it for me. I was happy with that. I got a degree and I was happy. Um, So I was just kind of working, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was really just a really big blessing that I kind of fell into this job that I knew nothing about. Um, I feel like things always happen for a reason. And that was definitely like one of the steps that um, got me to where I am. So, yeah, that's great. So at the, once you decided that you wanted to do this, um, tell us what kind of schooling was necessary for you to get that. Sure. Um, So I actually did have to go back for like four semesters um, to get some prerequisites and um, anatomy and physiology is a big one. Um, Mm. I think there was a physics class and some biology. So I I did that. And then, um, so you have to, let me go back. So you either have to have your x-ray license, a bachelor's degree in anything, or um, an associate's degree in a medical field to Mm. get into ultrasound school. So um, luckily when I went, I had good references from the radiologists that I work for. Radiologists are doctors that um, specialize in um, imaging. And so um, I had some good references and I had my own clinical site because the imaging center was going to let me do clinical hours there. Um, Mm. So that I was able to apply without having any of those things. So it was kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) It was a long shot for me to get in. Um, But the schooling is is then after you've done all any of those things, it's two years, um, you do, or I guess four semesters. So it's really like 18 months. So, um, the first semester is like book work. And then for a year you do 24 hours a week of clinical at a clinical site, a hospital or, um, clinic. So. Nice. So you can either, um, if you already have your associate's degree, you're looking at four semesters. If you are starting at the beginning as a freshman, yeah. you are going to get end up getting a bachelor's degree yes. in this. Is that yes. right? And and what is it actually called? Like at the end, yeah. do you have a degree of So I, what? I have a bachelor's degree in diagnostic medical sonography. Oh, so, and you don't always have to get a bachelor's. Um, Lots of people just go to the program. And if you're missing like a class or two, you can just get a certificate um, after you've gone through the program. 
Um, so I know a lot of people that have done that, but it's really, a lot of people get their x-ray license first. That's kind of how they get into it is they get their mm. associates in x-ray or um, their AART or something like that. I can't remember what it's called because I'm not an x-ray tech, <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, they do that. And then they pick a specialty after that. So ultrasound is a specialty of imaging. So, oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it sounds like there's quite a few different paths. Yeah. To becoming a sonographer. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Nice. So, um, and then once you are done with like your clinical hours mm -hmm. and all of your degree work, are, is there licensure that you have to go through? Yeah. So you have to take um, certain boards. So there's one that's called an SPI, which is basically ultrasound physics. Um, mm. so you have to take that one and then, and then you're considered like a specialty tech in training. So you can get a job mm. as that. Um, but then there's different levels. There's level one, a level one tech and a level two tech. Um, and you have to take specialty boards for that. So, oh, okay. so each like, and what are, sorry, go ahead. Are you a level one or a level two? I'm a level two. So I have, um, my boards in. Um, abdominal ultrasound, which is like, it includes abdomen and superficial structures. Um, mm. So like thyroids and testicles and um, things like that. And then I have my yeah. OBGYN. So. Okay. Yeah. So um, does, do you get higher pay as you, if you go up to a level two? Yeah, you do. Um, okay. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it and is that something that you can get as uh, after you have a certain amount of hours so you can take your spi or the ultrasound physics um you can take that after your first semester i believe because they we took oh. ultrasound physics the first semester of school so you can technically okay. get a job as a specialty tech in training if you pass your boards and is this kind of training, um, like, is it associated with a medical school? Do you need to be at a university that has a medical school or are these programs offered like through a community college? Um, so I know Salt Lake Community College used to have it. Um, they no longer do have a program. Um, so there's, it's very limited in Utah. There's um, Weber State University is um, probably the biggest one. Um, but mm. then the University of Utah just started. This is their first year of having an ultrasound program. Mm. So that's really it. Um, so it's really interesting because like my year there, they only take like 20 people a year. Um, and I had people from Arizona, New Mexico, Oregon, and California. They were all, they would just fly in when we had class, like our course. Wow. Work. But um, yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty competitive thing to try to get into school because they only take so many. Um, and are, do you know of other like prestigious uh, programs around the country? Oh, like, are there some that just stand out? I think there's some everywhere. I have a coworker that, or an old coworker, he went to Johns Hopkins. Um, I think mm. a lot of places have it. So okay. I know, um, gosh, what's the big one in California? I just went to a a conference there last year but anyway they all Ooh. have kind of big things or all have programs for ultrasound okay and 
do you have any suggestions? I'm going to come back to your career advice in a minute, but I'm wondering just quickly if you have suggestions for what would help students be competitive as far as getting into a program. So honestly, I feel like if you do x-ray first, that's really probably Mm -hmm. your best bet. Um, Mm. Just because you can, you get into x-ray and you do it and then you can choose which modality of imaging you like. You know, there's MRI, CT, nuclear medicine, ultrasound, mammography. There's all different kinds. Um, and then I think it just, it makes it so that you're more hireable um, to mm. have your x-ray license. Um, you know, just for example, okay. like I have at my job right now, there's a clinical um, coordinator job. Um, but you have to have multiple modalities um, to get the job. So if I had my x-ray license, I could apply. Uh, but because I don't, mm. it, it isn't an option. So that is, I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't regret not doing ultras or x-ray because I, I was mm-hmm. older when I went back to school and I had little, I had a little kid and I was pregnant. So um, I didn't want to do any more schooling to do x-ray. Uh, so I was sure. grateful for the path that I took, but for others, I think if you're just starting out, especially, um, I think that would be the best bet is to do x-ray first. Okay. So Scotty, tell us what skills do you think are really helpful in this job, both maybe technically and also maybe soft skills, like I don't relating with people and, you know, I definitely think you need to be relatable, um, and have good people skills. Um, but then you, I mean, ultrasound is, is very hard. So, you know, like the, the other imaging modalities, it's, it's all on the computer. All the information is there for the doctor mm. to read, but ultrasound, the only thing the doctor sees is what you take a picture of. So you kind of have to have a good eye mm. for things, you know, you got to pay attention to all types of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're dealing with face-to-face people. You need to be empathetic, you know, because a lot of people come in mm-hmm. sick and have cancer or they're afraid, you know, doing biopsies of mm-hmm. people that um, have masses. So I just think being sensitive to other people and um, yeah, I think that's kind of absolutely. I know I had um, my experience with ultrasounds is of course during pregnancy yeah. and three out of my four pregnancies were high risk. And so, yeah, I spent a lot of time getting ultrasounds and a lot of that time I was really nervous and felt super vulnerable and, you know, really uneasy. And you kind of feel like you're just, you're waiting there on the table and you feel like you're going to hear some, some bad news, you know, for sure. And I can imagine that that is, you know, that's, that's hard. You're, you're doing the technical part of your job, right. Where you're really, and, and how long, by the way, does it take to be able to recognize anything with that wand? (laughs) Um, I mean, you look at it, I look at it, I'd look over there and just go, I can't believe you're seeing something. I remember when I first started, I I was watching the tech do a, it was like at my clinical site and she was doing a postmenopausal um, pelvic ultrasound. So you have to find ovaries. And I don't know if you know, but postmenopausal ovaries are like shrunken into raisins. And she, yeah, oh like goodness. they're so hard to see. 
oh, and she's no. like, so this is, and I'm, I'm going to be coming up on menopause <laughs> <She's> soon. <laughs> so she's like, this is the ovary. And I'm like, okay, I'm never going to be able to do this. What have I gotten myself into? Yeah. Um, right. So I think, you know, probably a couple months after my clinical starting my clinical hours, I think I was able to pick up most stuff. Um, mm. you know, some, are you, do you mostly pick it up? of course, as you're actually doing it, like, is it, it's not something you could just look in a book and, and read, no, right? No, I think, so the majority of the schooling is your clinical hours. Like you go to the, you okay. go on campus to classes, um, to do the book work and the book work is important because you have to, t- you know, take these boards and it's, por- it's important. Um, right. like you do most of your learning at your clinical sites. Um, and as okay. long as you have a good clinical instructor, I think you're, you're good. <laughs> so when you find something on somebody that is concerning, like if you're diagnosing something, are you, um, like, how do you handle that? You don't automatically tell the patient right away, no, right? Not usually that they don't like us to say anything because we're not doctors. So even if we mm-hmm. know what we are seeing. Um, so typically if we saw something that was really bad, we'd, there's always a radiologist around or available to call. Um, and so we would have to contact the radiologist and say, Hey, this is what I saw. And then we can either contact their doctor that ordered the exam or the radiologist can come in the room, um, if they're on site and talk to them. Um, Mm. so luckily we always have the doctors to fall back on, um, and, mm-hmm. you know, in medical school or when they, not in medical school, but when they were in their residency and fellowship, they, most of them have to like actually learn how to do ultrasound, um, and scan people. Oh, so, okay. um, so it, it's nice and helpful if they feel like they need to come in and take another look, they can come in and ultrasound as well. So, so are you ever the person that's breaking the bad news? So the only time really is like if a patient has a blood clot. So there's a couple of reasons. If a patient has a blood clot or something that you can't let them leave the hospital, you know, cause their life yeah. is at risk. Um, we would, you know, we right. can say, Hey, it looks like you might, you probably have a blood clot. Let me go and talk to the radiologist and call your doctor. And then the doctor talks to them. Um, okay. uh, and then the other time, which is unfortunate is when you have an OB patient that's pregnant or a doctor has sent them in because they couldn't find a heartbeat. Um, oftentimes, you know, we have a TV screen that people are watching so mm-hmm. they can see that there's no heartbeat, you know, or, uh, look, yeah. you know, and not all people can pick it out, but some patients definitely can. Um, or they're mm-hmm. like, there's no heartbeat is there. So those uh, are kind of hard things. Um, and, but that's really the only thing we have to be pretty vague you know, if, um, for certain things that, you know, there's always a doctor to fall on, like an OB patient. Hey, this is what I saw. I'm going to go, or, you know, you can say, I'm going to go call the doctor and then I'll be right back. And then the doctor typically will call them or tell us what to tell them. Um, okay. There are definitely times where we kind of have to break the news or, you know, just based on like the way the conversation is or things that they see. So yeah, it kind of just depends, but typically we're not supposed to say. Okay. Anything. Okay. So. Um, and is there like, what, 
what would you say is the best part about your work? What, what do you like or enjoy the most? You know, I like, I like, I just like it. Like it's such a great career. Um, I like, I work at a smaller hospital and then also a bigger one. Um, but the smaller hospital, I feel like you see your patients all the time, you know, and they, Mm. um, so I love that part that you can like follow up with Mm -hmm. people. Um, but I also like the variety of my job that I'm not stuck doing the same thing every single day. Um, I'm up and moving. So it, you know, that's my favorite part. You're active. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned that, um, you have a family, yeah. which I, I know about <laughs> and they're darling. Thanks. And how do you work? How do you work this job with your family? Cause you, you do have young yeah. children. Um, are you full-time or do you have flex time part-time? So I'm full-time. Uh, when I started, I was just PRN, which is like, um, per diem. So kind of just as needed. Oh. Um, but now I've okay. worked my way up and now I'm, now I do three 10 hour days. So, um, Hmm. when my two oldest were, um, little, I had my mother-in-law that babysat, um, which was great. And then, um, so me and my husband could both work and then both of my kids were in school and I, we were like all set to not have babysitter. And then I had another baby. So, um, and that's when COVID (laughs) happened. So we're kind of in this new phase of life because COVID hit and I had a baby at the same time. Um, and so now we kind of don't have a babysitter, so, (laughs) which makes it kind of tricky. Um, so my husband stays home, um, with the baby and the kids for right now. So yeah, it works out. And that's great that you can kind of, it seems like you can kind of phase in and out as your different stages of life happen. Yeah, for sure. So, and then there's also like calls. So I can take kind of as much or as little call as I want typically, um, mm. which just gives you, you know, extra hours. So yeah. know, if it's Christmas time and I need extra money. I can take a few extra nights of calls. So, <laughs> you know, things nice. like that. Would you say that this is a job that you could support a family on? Or do you feel like it's more of a supplemental income? No, I feel like it's definitely a job that um, you can support a family, you know. And like I said, I work three days a week and I'm able to you know, support my family yeah. where my husband's not working. That's so, amazing. Um, yes. Which is still their long days. 10 hours is long and yeah. with, you know, right. the additional hour or two of driving it's, it's long, but um, I'm grateful that I have it and I can support my family because times are weird right now, you know? Totally. So Absolutely. But yeah, it's a great paying job. Um, so yeah. That's great. And just as an aside, um, when you were pregnant, did you like have a coworker do scans on you whenever you wanted? I did. (laughs) It was hard this last pregnancy. Um, my husband and I chose not to find out what we were having. Um, Oh my goodness. That must've been so hard. (laughs) It it is. And you know, I was in ultrasound school when I was pregnant with my second child. And so I used to scan myself Uh all the time, just like, Oh, I wonder what is poking out right there. And I, put the probe, you know, just to see. Um, and then my, my first two, I had a high risk pregnancy as well. And so with my second, it was nice to be able to check up on things. Um, but then this last one where we weren't finding out the gender, I had to have, uh, coworkers 
do the scan. I had one <laughs> coworker friend that I said, you're the only person I can trust because I know you won't tell anyone, yeah. you know, it won't right. get spilled to me. Um, so yes. she kind of did ultrasounds on me. I don't probably once a month or once every couple of weeks. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So were you totally shocked because you, you have two boys and then you had a third boy. Yeah. I I wasn't shocked (laughs) at all. I just kind of, I just felt like it was a boy the whole time. Um, But probably because I didn't know any different, you know, we only have boys. I assumed we were having another one. (laughs) So everybody wanted a girl, but I didn't care either way. And he's great. So he is adorable. Do you have any experiences that stick out in your mind, like ones that kind of represent the highs or the lows of your yeah, job? for sure. Um, you know, OBs are always fun. That's really the only thing that we do that people come in that they're actually excited for. Um, oh, so it's yeah. nice. Um, it's a nice break from like people that are bummed out or, you know what I mean? Just like nobody mm-hmm. else wants to be there, but they do. <laughs> and so... Um, exactly. Those are always fun, you know, especially if they're like not finding out or they'd want to do a gender reveal. It's it's just exciting. So that's always fun. Um, you know, and like I was able to find the gender of my nieces and do 3D, oh, 3D ultrasounds on my other niece, you know, so that those types of things are Neat. super fun. Um, that's really the only thing I can think of that's like really like a high part. Um, yeah. The things that stand out to me that were like probably the hardest um was like when you get pregnant inmates that I always those always stand out to me because they can't take any pictures with them this one in particular Mm. I will never forget her just because she was crying the whole time you know and she was gonna deliver her baby as an inmate you know so those are always just like heart-wrenching for me obviously and is this so the there are, I guess there's no, they, the, they don't have the opportunity to have any kind of a scan in prison. So they have to transport yes. them somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, those are always heartbreaking. And then, um, I've oh, had yeah. a couple patients where they come in just like, Oh, I have just have been feeling sick for a while. And they're these young women and they end up having cancer and die. And they have like little kids at home and um, I've had a couple oh patients goodness. like that that are super heartbreaking. Um, mm. But yeah, so stuff like that is just so hard. And we often do like breast biopsies. So, um, mm. you know, when there's like a really young person or somebody that's my age and it come, turns out that they have breast cancer, that always like really affects me, you know, oh, just bet. because you, it's so relatable, you know, you're a mom raising kids and the last thing you expect to have is breast cancer, you know, or we have, you know, patients that are pregnant with breast cancer or, you know what I mean? Like there's such a wide range Mm -hmm. of things that are so heartbreaking. So that's the not fun. How do you deal with that? Like, do you, as a, as a team, do you rely on each other to kind of support each other with something like that? Um, you know, typically I'm there working with other technologists. And so it's nice, you know, and often if a patient has cancer, they're getting like CT scans also, or nuclear medicine Mm -hmm. studies, like things like that. So we're all kind of like in the loop with the patients 
so we can like, oh, so-and-so was here today. Not that we talk about it outside of work uh, at all, but, um, right. you know, we're kind of on the same page with patients because we share the same patient. So right. um, just, to, it's nice to follow up care and see how they're doing, you know? Absolutely. So. Yes. Is there um, anything that you wished you had known before you got into this career that, that you would have done differently? You know, I don't think so. Um, I mean, for me, the way it worked out was great. Um, yeah. What do I wish I would have known? I don't know um, how hard it was going to be, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, you know, super hard. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, hard in it technically or hard emotionally yeah no oftentimes you see hard things um but then the actual it's not not for everybody you know lots of people don't even make it through their schooling because it's really Mm. challenging so yeah but yeah good point and do you see like do you see any changes coming um in the next few years that might kind of uh, really change your profession or with COVID, do you see anything changing? Um, with COVID, I know in the beginning, which I wasn't there cause I was on maternity leave, but they really cut down to really only time sensitive patients. Um, so everybody's mm. hours were cut. They hardly had any patients. Um, and so like when I got, went back from maternity leave, I only had one day a week and then gradually built up oh, to wow. two days a week. And now I'm doing like, two tens and an eight. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're slowly building back up to capacity. Um, so with COVID, it hasn't really affected us much. We're like super busy all the time. Um, but the only, the thing that I could think of that's really going to change is, um, a lot of places or doctors are relying more on ultrasound for like musculoskeletal things, you know, like muscle tears, um, and things like oh, that because ultrasound is so much cheaper than doing like an MRI or yeah, MRI. you know, cause MRIs are super expensive. Um, right. So I even remember, you know, eight years ago when I was in school, a, a, one of the teachers saying, it's really important that you learn this. I know it seems like a small part of this program, but it's kind of the future of where we're going and more doctors are going to be doing it. So, so that's the and does that require a whole whole new set of skills? Yeah. I mean, sometimes we get orders from doctors and I'm like, I mean, we probably can do it, but I don't have, um, I don't know how, you know, so what you have to rely on like our books or the internet or the radiologists, you know, to really help mm. us know what we're supposed to be doing, you know, um, because right. it is different. And there is actually now um, a specialty board or exam that we, that is for musculoskeletal. So, which that Mm. is kind of new. So interesting. Scotty, do you have any, um, just as a final question, do you have any career advice in general that you would give people? um, Just, you've already talked about your particular Mm -hmm. profession, but maybe just, you know, for anybody looking for fulfilling work. Yeah. Um, my only advice is really like people that are starting out and maybe this is more for like younger kids that are just graduating. Yeah. Um, that's but great. I, I, and it's because I wish I would have done it. Um, I wish I would have gone to a community college at home, you know, or in my home mm. state to do my generals 
or wherever you're going, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, if you have a scholarship sure. somewhere, um, I would do my generals first, just like all the general things that you would need for an associate's degree, because then you're not wasting time. I wasted like mm-hmm. 10 years of college, not really, probably five years of college <laughs> um, doing like photography. So now I take pictures in a different way, but, um, but <laughs> yeah, right. I took a ton of fine arts credits and now, and they didn't do anything for me. So I just wasted a lot of time and money doing something that didn't work out, you know? So I think just do your yes. generals and don't focus like on one thing that you think you want to do. I say, do your generals mm. and give yourself a little bit of time. So that's what I would Oh, recommend. I love that. That is great advice. Scotty, thank you so much for yeah, joining thanks. me. This has been really fascinating and I sure appreciate your time and, and um, loved hearing about sure. your career. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining me today on Career Chat. Any links we talked about will be in the episode notes. You can find me on Instagram at Career Chat Pod. And if you like this episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcast. See you next time.